Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, this feels so different. <laughs> I feel so close to you. This is awesome. Uh, we are working our way through a series on the book of Luke called Jesus, Friend of Sinners. And uh, we're going through this series, and we're going through the book of Luke verse by verse, and we're looking for all of these different themes that Luke tries to present, like themes of the kingdom of God and, and this major theme of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus looking out for the, for the downtrodden and the poor and the destitute and the weary and the outcasts of society. And so if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 56, Luke 1, 39 to 56. And uh, as you're turning there, I just want to let you know, I want to give you a little bit of homework this week. I'm going to ask that you read Luke chapter 1 every single day this week to help us meditate together on Scripture, just so that we're all on the same page with what's happening through the story of Luke. Let's just recap just a little bit about what we've been talking about. You remember in the previous sections, there was an angel that comes and visits this 12-year-old or 13-year-old girl named Mary and tells her that she's going to have a very special baby. In fact, this baby is going to be the Messiah, the promised one, the one that you've all been longing for, the one that you've all been waiting for. He's going to be the Savior of the world, right? But there's a problem with all of this. She's not married yet. And being pregnant out of marriage meant that there was going to be some shame and there was going to be some disgrace to her already poor family. And no one, regardless of all that, no one was going to believe her in the first place. But at the end of the day, she surrenders herself to God and she surrenders herself to the will of God and she says, may it be done to me according to your word. She says, I surrender everything to your will. Like, wh whatever this costs, I surrender to you. And this is where we pick up the story in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. We're just going to stop right there for a second. Mary got ready. Now, what does that even mean? I mean? There's no hospital trip here. There's no packing up her bags because the baby's about to come. That's not, that's what, not what's happening. She was just told that she's going to have this baby, but she got ready to go to her relative's house. You know, in a lot of cultures, if a young lady got pregnant out of wedlock, it would be, bring some disgrace. It would bring some shame. It would bring dishonor to that family. And maybe her family decides for Mary, it's best for you just get out of town. Why don't you just spend some time with Elizabeth? And, and so Mary gets ready. She gets ready for whatever it takes to have Jesus living inside of her. She gets ready for the shame and the disgrace and the dishonor that culture was going to bring on her and put on her for living a surrendered life to the Lord. 
And she's ready to face the world because of the promise that the angel told her. And the promise was that no matter what, God would be with you. When you chose to follow Jesus, were you ready? Like, did you count the cost? Or are you in this following Jesus thing to please your husband? or your wife, or your kids, or some special friend? Uh, Are you in this following Jesus thing to, to get something from God? Or are you ready to face the problems that come with following Jesus? Are you ready to face the hardships that might come because you choose Jesus in your life? Man, our, our culture right now They want to shun us. They want to deem you as a hater because you follow Jesus. Our our, our culture has now labeled us the church who are conservative and who love Jesus and who follow his word and seek to do his will. I mean, they're calling you a hater. Are you ready for what culture is about to do to you? Are you ready? You know, Mary is probably the first one to have ever have counted the cost for Jesus. But she accepts her calling. And she knows that this is no easy thing. And whatever God calls you to is not going to be an easy thing. Most of us want an easy call to Jesus, don't we? We want to be able to live however we want to live. We want to do whatever we want to do. We want to be able to say whatever we want to say and have Jesus all at the same time, and you can't have both. Following Jesus requires sacrifice. And sometimes following Jesus requires you going against the cultural grain of society. Now, most of us, when we think sacrifice, we think gloom and doom. That's not always the case. Let's continue reading. Verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so if you have a highlighter or a pen or something, you want to underline that. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. There he is again, the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. You remember the purpose of John's life. The purpose of John's life was to prepare the way of the Lord, and he's already fulfilling his purpose in the womb. So here's Mary. Mary comes around to, to, to spend some time with Elizabeth, and Jesus is in her tummy, and John from the womb is like, there he is. He's already preparing the way. He's already fulfilling his call to prepare the way of the Lord. I just wanted you to take a look at this for a second 
See, as Jesus grows inside of Mary, he begins to have an effect on the people who are around him. All of a sudden, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And the baby inside of Elizabeth leaps and jumps for joy. And Elizabeth is crying out blessing and crying out joy. And see, the Christ that lives inside of Mary brings joy. And other people are filled with the Spirit. And they become worshipers of this Jesus. I want to tell you this morning that we who would respond to the call of God and we who have counted the cost and seek to follow Jesus with all of our hearts are ones who live with joy. And I believe that the Jesus inside of us will have an effect on those who are living around us. Is that happening in your life? Is the spirit inside of you affecting the relationships that you deal with? Do others see the joy of the Lord on your face? Do others see the joy of the Lord in you and around you and overflowing out of you? Does your life produce the joy of the Lord? Mary's does. And when Mary sees Elizabeth, she hears the worship and the joy that comes from Elizabeth. And now Mary begins to worship even more. And now she starts to sing. In verse 46, she says this, and we just sang that this morning. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And you know, the words of this song... They come from somebody who deeply loves God. I mean, you can tell that God is no stranger to Mary, and Mary is no stranger to God. Mary is somebody who played really close attention in Sunday school. Mary is somebody who knows her scripture, and she knows her scripture well. This song that she's about to sing, has 15 quotes from Scripture, and she's 13, 12, 13 years old. She's praying Scripture. That's what she's doing. Here's a young teen who has memorized Scripture, and in the middle of understanding that she was going to be disgraced in her family. She would be the outcast of society because of Jesus. In spite of all of that, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And parts of her prayer and parts of her song are this quote from Hannah's prayer. Hannah was this woman in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before this time. Hannah wasn't able to have kids. And so people ridiculed her. And people shunned her. And she was put down for, uh, for not being able to have any children. She's just this ordinary woman who has some real-life problems. But she prayed. And she trusted And she believed, and God miraculously blessed her with a son named Samuel. 
And she would give her son to the service of God. And all of a sudden, all of that shame was instantly removed from her life. And so when Hannah realizes that she's pregnant, she begins to worship God. And this is what she says. She says, my heart exalts in the Lord. And my horn or my strength is exalted in the Lord. I rejoice in your salvation There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides you. There is no other rock like our God. Verse 4, the bows of the mighty are shattered, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry cease to hunger. Verse 7, the Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low and he also exalts. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor. Here's Mary, and she sees herself in Hannah's story. Hannah endured that shame. Hannah endured that hardship. Hannah endured that ridicule. But God delivered her, and God exalted her. And God blessed her, and God was faithful to her. And when she gave birth to Samuel, God turned her situation from shame to honor. Do you know the God who can turn your situation around? Do you know the God who can turn your mourning into dancing? Do you know the God who can take your shame and turn it around to honor? Do you know the God who can turn around that broken marriage? Do you know the God who can turn around your bankruptcy? Do you know the God who can turn your sickness into complete healing? Do you trust in Jesus who's able to do that? Mary knows the story of Hannah. Mary realizes that she's about to go through some of the things that Hannah went through, but she knows her God. She knows that God can turn this situation around. And in her worship, she sings, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Right? Like, in spite of my situation, in spite of my lowly state, in spite of what others are about to say about me, in spite of what others think about me, because of Jesus in my life, I will magnify the Lord. I will make the name of the Lord bigger than all of my problems. I will declare the glory of God at work in me instead of focusing on the problems that I might have. I will put my hope and I will put my trust and I will put my confidence in God, not in what others say about me. Why? Verse 49, for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation he has performed mighty deeds with his arm he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts he has brought down rulers from their thrones and he has lifted up the humble he has filled the hungry with good things but he has sent the rich away empty He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. 
And so Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and went home. Man, Mary knows her scripture well. And she's remembering where God kept his promises to Abraham. She remembers that God was merciful to Abraham, that God would continue his mercy from Abraham to generation to generation to generation. She remembers the promise made by God where Abraham would be the father of many nations and the birth of this baby would fulfill that promise. See, she's remembering all of these Old Testament stories where God proved himself to be faithful to his people, where God showed up in miraculous ways to his people. And she remembers that when things seemed its darkest, God was always faithful, faithful, faithful. I'm going to ask Tim to come forward as we begin to close this morning. You know, Mary's life... And, and this song is really challenging. She lives a life that is close to God. And she has this joy that is overflowing from her soul. And it's evident in how well she knows the scripture. And I want to ask you this morning, how, how well do you know your scripture? Maybe you're not experiencing joy in your life because you're not getting in the Word. And maybe you don't have peace in your heart because you haven't cracked open your Bible. I mean, are, are you spending time in the Word? Are you meditating on the Word? This is a 12-year-old girl who knows her Scripture well. And not only does Mary know her scripture, but she starts praying scripture. And so I want to ask you today, are you praying scripture? Are you worshiping with the word? Mary is confident in God because she knows scripture. When you're going through your tough times, I want to ask you, where do you turn? When you're lost, when you're confused, when you're not sure what to do, where do you turn? When you're hurt, when you're lonely, who do you turn to? When everyone's turned their back on you, where do you turn? There's one place you can always turn to. It's not in your pastor. It's not in a ministry team leader. It's, it's not in fake book. It's not a family member. You can always turn to Scripture because it will remind you that God is always, always, always faithful to His people. See, the next time you're faced with a problem because you follow Jesus, maybe you should pray this. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, no matter what other people say about me, no matter what this culture does to me or thinks about me or how they shun me, I will magnify the Lord. When you're feeling lost, you can pray, Lord, you are my shepherd. Would you lead me beside the still waters? 
When you're feeling scared, you can pray this verse from Isaiah. I will not fear, for you are with me. And I will not be dismayed, for you are my God. I know that you will strengthen me. I know that you will help me. I know that you will uphold me with your righteous right hand. When you're in need, you can pray this verse. God, I know that you will meet all of my needs according to the riches of your glory. And when you are in need of a healing, you can pray this verse. Surely you bore my griefs. And you were wounded for my transgressions. You were bruised for my iniquities. And the punishment for my peace was upon you. But by your stripes I am healed. And when you think that you can't go on anymore, you can start praying and worshiping. And you can begin to remind yourself that I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. But you can't pray the scripture unless you read the scripture. See, when you get into scripture, you'll start to know his ways. And you'll start to understand his heart. And you'll start realizing that God lifts the lowly and he destroys the proud. You'll realize that it is God who fills the hungry with good things. You'll learn how to see Jesus as the rock of your salvation, and you will see that there is nothing, nothing, nothing too difficult for our God. I'm going to ask our prayer team if you guys would come forward at this time. Just with your eyes closed, this morning as we close the service, I want to ask you an important question. How do you respond to God in your life? I mean, when God calls you to do something difficult, how do you respond? When God calls you to make a stand for Him, how, how do you respond? Maybe a better question is, what is your worship like? In the middle of your difficult situation, What's your worship like? In the middle of Mary's difficult time, she begins to sing a song of worship. And she says, woe is me. Oh, how bad is this thing that has come upon me. And now I need to blame God for all of my problems. And now I'm going to turn to social media and let everyone know how angry and sad I am. All That's not what she says. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Are you able to worship in the midst of your problems? I mean, are you able to magnify the name of the Lord above your problems? Or do you magnify how bad you got it when you got it? When you pray and when you worship, do you pray Scripture? You know, Mary's song shows that not everything is what it seems to be. She might be this innocent teenager from this poor village, from a poor family, but she carries the Savior of the world. And in your life, too, not everything is what it seems to be. Some of you may be going through something right now, and it's difficult, and it's painful, and it's confusing, and you don't get it, but God is working, and he's moving behind the scenes.
Because what God does is he takes the world's values and their expectations and turns it upside down. That's the nature of our God. Would you stand with us this morning as Tim continues with some more worship? If you need prayer, our prayer team here is here to pray with you. If you need a healing, we want to believe for a healing for you. Tim, would you lead us?